welcome to this week's podcast of Discombobulated Conversations. This week, we're joined by the amazing CEO and founder of GSD Media UK. John is a good friend of mine, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Just to warn you, it contains some explicit language. And as usual, I promise you, we will get to the point. It just might be a little bit discombobulated along the way. So I'm super excited. I'm here with my amazing friend, John Plimmer. Hello. Hello. You got my name right. Of course I did. I've been the practicing. first time ever. Ever. So this is going to be probably the most comical pop podcast. Podcast? Podcast. Because it's you and me. And we've known each other, what, four, five, six, six years? We've known each other for years. That's scary. Uh, what year was it? I'll find out. I can find out. I'm going to find out. He knows everything. Um. And we met because John was conducting the, oh God, the medical choir and discombobulated. Uh, the Cardiff Healthcare Medical Society Choir. And we were the charity of the event. And, you know, I spoke really eloquently and he made me cry with a version of Run, I believe, that he did. Uh, chasing cars. Yeah. And then we met in the pub afterwards, a couple of weeks later, and this bromance started john is a unbelievably talented videographer and photographer uh, the reason i can say that with any doubt even though i will wind him up and maybe even say otherwise to him to wind him up is that we at discombob use him all the time for work for personal for our own private work he has created videos for us. He is the brains behind the I Will video. See, I said you had brains. This is nice, isn't it? Um, it is. Like, what do you want? Yeah, right. He's done a video and several several blogs, possibly, for us. Uh, no, just, just one. Just one. Um, just saying. John did a really amazing video where he was really open and honest it was called what was it called it was like running a business with mental health issues oh i can't remember i'd had head trauma the day before because the day before we did that obstacle run yeah so john has fundraised for us uh we mm -hmm. made a video of it so if you want to laugh go check out the gung-ho video on youtube john is the one That's that falls over very dramatically at one point um uh, yeah working out when we met for the first time i think it was christmas 2016. john is very much part of my family whether he wants to be or not and we have had some pretty blunt conversations about our brains with each other and i know that he has been there for me when i've struggled and i'd like to think that you know i've been there for him so when i was putting together a list of people that i wanted to talk to on the podcast he was one of the first. We're currently filming in the middle of the heat wave or recording this in the middle of the heat wave. Um, neither yes, I'm a very damp man. I guess neither of us are built for heat. I think it's the nice way of putting it. No. So I'm going to try and stop talking because otherwise you'll all get bored. Mr. Plimmer with his new fancy schmancy beard. So why did you do the video mental health business with a mental... Business, running a business with mental health. Why did you do it? Probably. So, uh, we are old. We probably have, you probably have some listeners who are older, but um, 
I, I do, doing the choir. I'm, I'm friends with a lot. This is going to be very disjointed, and I apologize, but bear with me because it doesn't like point. Yeah. Um, so I work with a lot of students, a lot of university students, and some. I work in some schools, and the general consensus with young people, and by young people, I'm classifying that as anybody who is twelve years younger than me and below is that mental health is an okay thing to talk about. When we were in school, mental health was a dirty word. Well, a dirty pair of words. It wasn't talked about. If somebody had to go see a therapist, you avoided them like the plague in case you caught it or something. It, it, it was very a very different feel when we were, in, when we were younger compared to young people now, and that's a good thing. That is a very good thing. So I didn't realize I had any mental health problems until I was about 26, seven. Uh, and the doctor diagnosed me and genuinely felt like my life was over. Um, and I didn't really know what to do about it. The doctor made some suggestions, which I quite frankly ignored. Now I know that's because I have social anxiety. Didn't know that at the time. Um, so in 2017, after I met you, and it's probably your fault in a way, that was probably the start of my self, of my journey of self-discovery into my mental health and what it all means and what it's all about. Um, so it kind of felt like the right time, is that the right word? Half of what I know about my brain then as compared to what I do now, and I still don't know enough about it. Um, but it kind of just felt like um, if other people are struggling with running a business because their brains are as screwy as mine, then this might help. So let's, let's do a thing, let's talk about it. So you uh what is your what how wonky is your brain we haven't spoken about this for a while and there's been a pandemic really recently as well so how has that affected your brain and what is your official brain diagnoses because i can't remember um i don't official mm, official is uh, depression and social anxiety the unofficial is potential adhd those are the official diagnoses, but then I, so I have therapy once a month for a 90 minute session, basically, because it's all I can afford. Therapy awesome. is expensive. And awesome. Oh yeah. I am a huge advocate of therapy. I think everyone should uh, do it genuinely. Uh, this has helped me identify a lot. So yeah, those are the official ones. A potential official future one might be ADHD. Knowing you, that um, a lot of sense and would oh a huge amount of sense yeah um but then uh, i have a friend who's a gp who was like well if you if you get the diagnosis how's that going to help and it's like oh, don't you like give people stuff to help isn't that kind of the job anyway um but the therapist has helped me identify things and give me exercises to try and work through them and i am getting better um because she helped me because that's how therapy works they don't give you the answers they help you work them out for yourself she helped me identify why i can go to an event with a camera in my hand 
and be comfortable, confident, and go up and talk to people, but why I can't go to the same event without a camera in my hand and do the same thing. Uh, that was a, that was a fun session. Yeah. Why is that? As your friend, <laughs> I'm genuinely intrigued because that is very true. You come to. I know I jokingly say things like we get amazing event photos because you always come along, but I never thought about it like that. The cameras become your kind of protector. The, the, the camera, well, the, the camera to a certain extent, but it's more having a purpose. So um, it's to do with purpose and it's to do with, I think she described it as a value exchange. So let's take uh, a black tie gala ball at which I am working. And let's treat, let's make this even more awkward and uncomfortable. Let us say it is a very attractive lady who walks up to me with a big smile on her face, a very warm and welcoming smile. Uh, I am working. I will smile to greet her because I know in my head that she is going to ask me a question. And it is probably a question relating to um, what I'm doing or where the toilets are. Those are, in my experience, those are the most common questions I get asked at events. Where can we see the photos? Can we have a picture? Do you know where the bathroom is? Um, and I know that I can answer those questions. And if it's not one of those questions, I'm 98% sure that I can, uh, I, I can either answer it or I can find out the answer for her. It's very unlikely that I will have to go, I'm really sorry, I don't know. And off she goes. That same situation, but I'm not working, uh, an attractive lady walks towards me with a smile on her face. I will instantly shit myself. <laughs> because I do not know what she wants. I do not know what possible. So it, the, the value exchange thing. Um, with, with the camera, she comes up to me. She wants something from me. I have a vague idea of what she wants, and I know I can deliver it. Without the camera, She's coming towards me. She wants something for, from me. And I genuinely do not know what I could possibly have to offer. And I, 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 I don't, I, it, it, I, I panic because I don't know. I don't know what's required from me in this situation. I don't know what she's going to say. It probably will be something like, excuse me, do you know where the bathroom is? Or have you seen Dave? And I'll go, who the hell's Dave? And she'll go, never mind, and walk off. But it's that value exchange when I'm working if people approach me I know roughly what they're going to ask if I'm not working I do not know what possible value I can bring to the encounter so I panic so they probably can't see this bit but I'm genuinely like you can see me mm. my eyes are welling up because I, I I love you you are an amazing person wow. There's no accounting for taste, is there? But I do, um, I've, I've done a couple of talks for people online, in person, uh, and I've started slipping in that I'm, I'm socially anxious uh, and I don't like talking to people and people don't believe it. I've seen it. And, uh, and I've come away from weddings. People, people will thank me at weddings for being so um, entertaining. and. You know, I'll, I'll shout at guests. I'll make fun of guests uh, in a playful way, obviously, um, not, in a, not in a nasty or malicious way. Um, 
but it's it's a performance because I'm there to do a job. And to do the job, you need people on your side. Sometimes you need to take control of a group of people. Therefore, the performer comes out. The other one, the other way I describe that kind of thing is if I was at an event with a speaker where there were speakers, as in people talking, not PA, um, and somebody, a member of the audience came up to talk to me. Let's say I'm not working. I'm, I'm, I'm just there participating or I'm friends with whoever's running it. Uh, and a member of the public comes up to me. Nope. No, go away. Leave me alone. Not not down for this. This will be a very uncomfortable and unpleasant experience. If whoever's running the event comes up to me and says, our MC hasn't turned up, could you please just grab the microphone and introduce the first speaker? Yeah, sure. What's his name? It's so true. And But as your friend, that breaks my heart because you are so... I can't believe I'm going to be nice again. You are a really lovely guy. And to... Stop. I know, right? Stop. You... The, the real you, when you're not nervous, nervous and socially anxious, this is the real you. And that's what I'm really excited about because it's just you and me chatting. This is you. This is... This is you say this is... That you, no, I'm, I'm acutely aware that this is being recorded. So, yeah, this is a bit more like me. Uh, but there is a very slight performance going on here because if it was just you and I sitting down, this isn't what we'd be talking about. Let's be honest. I would probably be singing more and you would be going, oh, God, she's she's an eighth out of key. <laughs> yes, and I'd be showing you stupid TikTok videos that I found because in lockdown I discovered TikTok. So what would you say is the hardest thing about running a business with a wonky brain? I mean, that depends on how your brain wonks. Um, Willy wonk wonk, what? It, you said with a wonky brain. Well, everyone's brain wonks in a different way, doesn't it? That's true. I guess, and and the wonk can change on different days. Sometimes you'll have more wonks than others. That's that's true. We both. Why are you have, laughing, Laura? <laughs> I can't help it. We both have similar diagnoses, technically, but we are so different when we the way we work. Like I can't do phone calls. No. Um, I did. A, I did a good thing today. I had uh, an inquiry through my website from a guy. We want a series of videos for this purpose. Um, we don't have any money. It's nice of them to be open and honest. Uh, we're looking to get a grant for some funding for it, but we need to know how much it costs. I appreciate you might need more information, but could you give us an example? And I sent a fairly long email back of, right, I'm imposing hypothetical situations. If you want this, this, and this, then we could do it in this time scale, which would cost you this much. Um, that's a guess. I don't know exactly what you want, but as, as a guide, here's my hourly, here's my daily, let me know. That was seven days ago, I think, on the 15th, however long ago that was. Um, and I've been meaning to phone him all week, and I hate phone calls. Um, I phoned him today. Hey. Um, and he did the typical thing that you do when you think someone's trying to sell you something over the phone. So it was, hi, can I speak to, can't remember his name. I hope he's not listening. Um, and he went, you know, the dubious speaking. Um, and I explained who I was and he did not sound interested at all. Very sort of, oh God, I've sent an inquiry to this guy and now he's trying to push a sale. Um, the call actually was lovely because um, uh, I made a comment about the heat. 
he said, yeah, it's not very nice, is it? I said, no, I'm an extremely damp man at the moment, which I probably shouldn't be telling complete strangers. He burst out laughing and we had a lovely chat for the next uh, two minutes. It was only a two minute call. Um, but I felt the ending was awkward. And could I do anything else with my day after that phone call? Could I help? That's um, the thing is that once you relax into something, once you relax into something, you kind of come out a little bit more. But like me, the one thing that we do, we are really similar on, is we will overthink that situation that we can't go back and, and rectify. And 99% of the time, it was absolutely fine. But that yeah. 1%, the fact that it could be that 1% will drive us mad. And I know we've had that conversation before where I've been like, this has happened. And you're like, Laura, that's absolutely fine. And then you'll yeah. say, well, this has happened. I'm like, dude, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> It is um, quite amazing how level-headed and pragmatic I can be for what I describe as other people's bullshit. And I appreciate it's not bullshit for them. Um, but, you know, friends who are like, this has happened. I've gone, yeah, but does it, you know, is there anything you can do about it now? No. Is it probably going to be okay? Yeah, but it's like, no buts. It's probably going to be fine, isn't it? Yeah, right. So why are you worrying? Stop worrying. But equally, I know damn well I can't do that. I have had people give me exercise. One of my exes was, um, I remember, can't remember what it was, but I was having a tough time dealing with something. I was really worried about something to the point of almost being unable to function. She sat down, she went, right, close your eyes. I was like, okay. Um, now what's the problem? I explained the problem and she went, okay. Is, she asked a few questions. And the last one was, can you do anything about it now? And I went, no. And she went, okay. So in your mind, create a storeroom all right and in the storeroom there are a load of shelves and a load of empty boxes okay all right take the problem put it in a box put it on a shelf and then leave the storeroom it's like okay okay do you feel better now no now i've just imagined putting something in a fake box what do you mean the other one i've heard is take your problem and put it on a leaf and then send it flowing down a river. That one doesn't work for me either. Beautiful imagery. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it if it works for you. I'm not sort of saying this is crap and you shouldn't do it. It just doesn't work for me and I don't understand it. Uh, and what was the question again? Oh yeah. The point I was making. Yeah. That, um, similarly, we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can be very level-headed and pragmatic with other people's bullshit, but not our own. And it's the smallest things, isn't it? Yeah. The smallest things we worry about. How we, like you uh, said, how we ended a phone call. Um, did I, did that email come across as slightly narky, even though it wasn't? Just it's, it's those things that it's also the things that yeah. we can't control, yeah. find, uh, especially in a day of emails and text messages. We can't we can write something with a certain tone and purpose, but we can't uh, see how someone will. We can't. I could write something to you and you interpret it completely different. Yeah, um, I've started using smiley faces in official emails. Because I'm sometimes I'm genuinely at a loss as to how to write something that sounds fairly serious, but in a way that um, 
puts across that I am quite happy and chilled out and relaxed and smiley and this will be this is fine this will be great so I put I've started putting you know I have um some of my clients are billion dollar companies they get smiley faces in their emails um, why did you get involved with Discombob what was it when we first oh met my God. um and then you didn't just follow up with we had a drink at the pub and we did have a drink at the pub ran into a friend of mine from school we went yeah, to that was a nice awkward one i'm there with a wedding ring on and it's like not us <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't i haven't seen him since actually doesn't matter what he thought um so let's start with the answer you're not going to like i am a pathological people pleaser i like pleasing people so of course i'm going to do as much as is humanly possible to make somebody else happy. if there is a way to make somebody else happy regardless of the expense to myself <laughs> i will do it oh my god is um, that our whole friendship <laughs> no 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 because i do actually I, I do have um um like a bullshit tolerance there are people i <laughs> if people I don't like ask for stuff, I'll still do it. I just won't enjoy it. <laughs> um, no. Uh, and the other reason is I thought uh, from what you said at the concert um, that you were doing good work and I wanted to be a part of it. So a little from column A, a little from column B. And you have the, the stuff that you've done with us. The most, uh, the best stuff we've we've done, I think, is the stuff that you've created. Well, of course. <laughs> um, so what was behind the I Will video, which is also available on our YouTube channel? What's behind that one? Uh, didn't you have a board? Uh, you I... had a board that you used to take to events. I still do. And if, yeah, so you have a board that you take to events and it says it invites people to pledge to start the conversation about mental health. It does indeed. Um, and so the thought behind it was basically, this is all well and good, but nobody really knows about this until, unless you've been to an event that you're at, which I appreciate is a fairly small market, um, considering how many people there are in the world and how many events you can physically go to in time. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of the thought behind it. A way to get that message of I will out without you having to be there for it, if that makes sense. What was the thought about putting the problem? Um, because nothing I do can be entirely sensible. Do you know what? So if, if you haven't seen it, go see it. And the first edit didn't have the dog in it, which is called Fen, which is our friend's dog, who is the kindest, most beautiful, loving dog in the world and is very good at performing. And the first the first one, I showed it to my parents because John and I were so invested in this by this point that it was our baby and we needed people that would be blunt to us. And my mum went, bloody hell, that's heavy. So John and I went, Let's add a dog. <laughs> yeah, and that's we, add fan. we added a dog and an extra comedian. I think we filmed we filmed Fen on the day because we only did one day of shooting, 
but it was this is too silly we can't put this in and then it was this is too heavy we need something silly and cool i'll pop fan back in and we got uh jamie who's one of our friends as well he's an ex-stand-up comedian and we were like we want you to ablib something so imagine this has happened and then a dog's barked so bad and he just he got it really well didn't he yeah he was very good and instead of we were like instead of saying i will like everyone else we want you to say something else because you're yeah you're good at that and he broke it up a bit made it a bit silly yeah i can't do anything seriously at all i think that's actually a good thing is that you and i can talk about our mental health in quite a jovial way and it makes mm. it less scary for other people to talk to talk to us about because we've had some quite serious you wouldn't guess it now but we've had some quite serious conversations some quite serious situations with us with people mm. we know and we love and you know we we're quite honest with each other and i think that one of the big things is that we we can make a, a joke about it to a point where it we can kind of relax it we can be really serious in the middle of it and kind of know that other people need to take a break from the intensity of it we're quite good at reading that not that i'm you know singing my own praise as well but i think uh, i think society is getting good at it as well eight to 18 year old john plimmer absolutely nothing because John Plimmer is a pig-headed bastard who will do exactly what he wants to do regardless of what anyone else tells him and regardless of what people told him when he was 18, 19, 21, 25, whatever you want to put on it, he will not pay any attention to it until he's worked it out for himself. <laughs> I love that. That's the most honest one we've ever had because... It's I dislike the question because... Um, in other news, um, I have also had it pointed out to me that I might be slightly autistic. So I do take instructions and questions quite literally. So if you mean, what would I say to me? The answer is absolutely nothing because there would be no point. If it was, what would I say to someone who was 18, who had a very similar upbringing background and was in a similar situation to me, that is a different answer. What would you say to them? <sighs> um, I say it's a different answer, but it's also a similar answer. Um, so I have been answering this question a lot recently in terms of um, the, the, the context has been, what would you say to 18 year old you in the context of becoming a freelance photographer? Um, but I think the advice would, I think the advice works either way, but I will adjust it somewhat. Um, and that is, do not take anyone else's advice, which is the most hypocritical piece of advice I think you could possibly give someone because by telling someone not to take other people's advice, you are hoping that they will take that one piece of advice. But one thing I have learned professionally um, which probably bleeds into personal as well, but I haven't thought about it that much, is when people say you should or you need to in terms of fixing a problem or progressing with something, um, they are not telling you this is how you fix the problem. What they're telling you is this is how it worked for me, which may not work for you. 
So if people give you advice, if people say you should do this, you need to do this, uh, acknowledge it, make sure you've understood it, take it away, maybe try it out if you want to. I've just thought of a terrible analogy. Um, I am a 40 inch waist for trousers because uh, I'm a fat boy. Um, if my friend Simon, who is a 30 inch waist, let's say we're out and about one day and he comes up to me and goes, I've lost my trousers. And I said, that's okay. I have a spare pair. He's going to put them on and they are immediately going to fall down. And he'll say, these don't work. And I'll go, but they work for me. Therefore, they must work for you. That, that's, kind of, that's kind of how advice is given. But if it doesn't fit, but those trousers with a belt or a piece of string could be adjusted to fit. They wouldn't be a good fit, but they could be adjusted to fit. Equally, advice can be cherry-picked and tailor-made to, to, to make something that does fit. But yeah, don't take advice. What would Apart you... from that piece of advice, take that piece of advice. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed it. For more information about John, go to www.gsdmediauk.com. And of course, for us, it's www.mydiscombobulatorbrain.com. And you can leave us any questions that you want us to answer in future podcasts using the Contact Us page. Thank you.